And how many adults do you run into that have no clue how to manage that for themselves? Oh my gosh. Like all or of even them. in just coming to tell you how he feels. So many adults can't do that either. So him being heard, whether it was what you wanted or society deems acceptable, it doesn't matter. He felt heard. Welcome back to Mom Nation from the Heart. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey y'all, Katie here, founder of Mom Nation and owner and operator of Team Evo AZ at EXP Realty, your go-to gal for anything real estate in the state of Arizona. I am the sponsor of today's show. I will link my page and information in the show notes so you can quickly and easily get in touch with me should you need anything real estate, any advice, or maybe you're looking to get into the business. I sure hope you enjoy today's show. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody, we are back. And oh my goodness, you guys, we are like season five, I think, what, episode four. So we are just digging, just diving into season five. I'm so excited. All of our guests, we have some pretty cool people on tap to talk to. Um, and of course, today we have the lovely, the beautiful Laura Wood, counselor with Benaveri Counseling. Did I say that right? Sorry, I always feel like I mess it up. <laughs> I say Benaveri. I think Benaveri works too. It's, it's all, it's all good. Awesome. Well, welcome. And of course we have our amazing co-hosts. We have Sherry Ramo and Jenny Cohen in the house. Hello ladies. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Good. It's a Tuesday and we have the kids home. So, you know, if you hear me yelling at a kid in the background, I'm just momming while, while hosting a podcast. Right. Hey, we're all moms. Poor Jenny she hesitated a second. I could see it in her eyes. Do I really tell her how today is going or do we exactly. keep it real for the podcast? If you see me give the mom stare, it's like I'm telling my kid to not come in here and ask me if I can make you lunch right now. That's, <laughs> it's the mom stare and then the word mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. And you all done that you're, you can I'm see like, that you're yelling, but you can't hear that you're yelling because you're just mouthing the words very aggressively. <laughs> but yeah. children, I think children seem all, to know this. I know that life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or don't you love it when you're like in Target or something and you see another mom doing that? You're like, I got you, sister. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. a universal set of, of symbols that we, we all kind of use. Yeah. Or the moms that are like trying to talk nice with their teeth together. <laughs> you ever see those? I've done that plenty of times on this show. <laughs> <laughs> How many times my husband will walk in and start talking to me and I'm trying to smile through it. Like, hello, I'm in yeah. the middle of a show. Like I'm muted right now. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Sherry, how's life over there, sister? Life is good. The weather's great. Um, today feels like a Monday, but I don't know. It's weird. I agree with you. It does feel like a Monday today. But alas, it is not. We are two days into the week so far already. So let's get this done, right? <laughs> that sounds so bad. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not wishing my life away, everybody. It's just, you know, there's funner things that happen on Saturday and Sunday. Right. I'm going to have a 15 year old tomorrow. What is going on with the world? That's right. 
stop oh it. That means Alana's following suit. Wow. <laughs> not okay. It's not She's okay. <laughs> so is this sophomore year? Yeah, she's okay. gonna start sophomore year. Wow. Okay, so so this is like a good transition into the topic today, isn't it, Laura? So we are talking about um, returning back to social settings post-pandemic, right? So we were locked up for, I don't know how long, 400-something um, days, something like that, um, before everything opened up and got normal again. Um, kids were home from school, so kids are, you know, re-entering that setting. They, they've got their social lives, their academic lives, that kind of thing. We're re-entering the work, normal work life, you know, that, that sort of stuff. So I've noticed that there's been a lot of anxiety that others have been experiencing. I myself have also, my son has, you know, our family too, we're, we're not absolved from this. So have been experiencing some anxieties about venturing out. Have you guys had that happening with your teens? I don't feel like I see it so much with Alana cause she's a pretty outgoing person. Um, but I, I, and it's also maybe just the age, but she's definitely getting in that where she's in her room and I have to like drag her out kicking and screaming to get her to socialize and do things. So I don't know whether it's just the fact that she's 14 or if it's, you know, possibly pandemic related, you know, she got used to being home and having an, ex an excuse to not be able to go do things. And that got easy for her. And so now that it's over, it's like, no, wait, you need to go and spend time with people again, get out of your room, go see friends. And, um, you know, it's just, it's been kind of hard. So I don't know whether it's age related or um, maybe some social anxiety going on. Yeah, maybe both, right? Yeah. I mean, I think when we all went home, it was like anxiety about going home. And then when we're all going back, now it's, oh no, now what? We have to go back? Like we just got used to it. And I think change is hard, right? Any transition is going to kind of offer those same fears and struggles. When we think about how difficult it was to adjust to not seeing our friends and kind of not um, experiencing those things that we wanted to be able to experience, especially our kids, like they didn't see the people that they were kind of growing up with in that 14, 15 year old age is where you're starting to become independent from your family and you have your own stuff and your ideas and your experiences are really consistent more with your friends than with your family. You kind of have that that separation. And then it's like, if, if that's flipped over and now it's like you're only with your family, you sort of went through some of these pivotal times without that social engagement that you've practiced. And so there's a, probably a lot of fear there. And then, you know, we've been really used to interacting digitally. I don't know that anybody really, like I know if I, so I've in my counseling office, I've been in the office, but if I were in a setting, in an office setting, I don't know that I would wanna go back. If I, like working from home and then going back to the office, like I've kinda, I like my, this is nice. This is safe. This is, you know, I don't, I don't wanna go back. It's There's only your germs there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So, so you have a couple of kids too. So yeah. have yours, like what was the experience with yours and their transition going, getting back out into the world? Yeah. I mean, we had, 
a variety. We kind of went through a little bit of every single stage with all three of the kids. We have my youngest who was doing really, he was trying really hard to go online, but he couldn't focus on the work because he was on his computer and he just wanted to play. And so he would spend, you know, hours and hours sitting there, like pretending like he's doing his work, but it turned out he was playing games. So then he had to go back to school. So we sent him back to school and he was really successful. And then my middle, who doesn't do well online, didn't want to go online, wanted to go back the whole time, was just academically struggling. He went back. And then after he went back, he was like, I don't want to do this. And then he stopped going again and kind of fell into this, like, I don't want to go to school. I don't feel good. Um, I'm not really, you know, so he was tired all the time. So he couldn't. So then he missed a lot of school. So then he ended up in summer school. And then he was in person in summer school to make up the time. And he realized that it was great. So it was like at every stage, there was some kind of reason why it was a struggle. But, you know, the funny thing is with, uh, and then my oldest, my oldest had stopped going to school entirely. And then he, you know, went back for a little bit and kind of was in and out. And then now he's taking a break and he'll go back you know, and he'll graduate with his friends, but like he took, he took a big break. And so for me, as a parent, I'm just like, school's always gonna be there. It's always gonna be there. They're gonna, they can, they can get catch up. Everybody can go to summer school. Everybody can take classes online. Everybody can catch up. But it was, what can they manage? What can they tolerate in this moment? And what is best for them to be able to, sometimes we need a break. Sometimes we need to just have people hear us and feel our our stress and be like, you know what, okay, take a break. So that means with my one who, my middle child, he took two weeks off of school when he was supposed to be in school. Turns out you missed too many days and now you have to make up all your classes. He had to do that, that was his choice. But that's the thing, you always have a choice. So you have a choice. You can go to school right now and just suck it up and finish the year, or you can make it up in summer school. And he chose to make it up in summer school. And so, you know, sure enough, he finished his first semester of summer school and he got an A, you know, and now he's getting ready to go into his next one and he'll be caught up for next year. Like, it all worked out. Right, and your end result with that or his end result I mean, my guess is probably a better end result than if he wouldn't have managed his anxieties and his stress and taken that little pause button. Because I mean, how hard is it? Think about it. So when we're at work and we're super stressed and stuff's going on at home or we're worried about blah, 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 right? Are we able to perform to our best ability? No. And so I'm assuming it's the same for kids in school, right? Yeah, for sure. Like we have, we all have a tolerance. And if we're outside our window, like I think I've talked about window of tolerance before, but our window of tolerance is essentially how much hard stuff can we deal with before we freak out and either check out or um, totally have a panic attack or, you know, avoid everything and don't do the things that we're supposed to be doing. Um, And so we want to keep ourselves in our window of tolerance. I try to mitigate my kids' tolerance. So like if they're, if Max is who kind of missed some school and had to take summer school, 
he his tolerance was not at a place where he could effectively get up and go to school and concentrate and get the grades and learn the stuff. You're right. If we pushed him out, no learning happens when you're outside your window. Nothing, no processing is happening, no learning is happening, no progress is being made when you're outside your window. The only thing you're learning is that is how to cope with how to dissociate because you're outside your window. So how do you avoid the distress? Well, you check out. You go somewhere else. You zone out. So that's really all you're learning when you're being pushed and forced outside your window. Like, I'm not going to sacrifice my kid's window of tolerance just so that they can manage the same regular school year that all of them, that, you know, my parents want them right. to do or whatever, right? Because it's some rule because some person right. says you're supposed to go X right. amount of times, blah, blah, blah. Right. And my opinions, my approach was not the most popular. Like, I think in Mom Nation, we have unpopular opinions every now and then. And my, that's mine, is that it's fine. They'll, they'll be okay. Like nothing, not that nothing, not that it doesn't matter, but that the time doesn't matter. The, the, the rigidity to this arbitrary schedule of zero to 18 years that somebody made up, you know, for what? As a standard. Right. Like for what? If my kids need a little extra time because- But also, I was just gonna say, like that's a huge life lesson, right? They're in their teen years. And so for an adult to hear them and accept what they're saying and to say, okay, well, you have have choices Mm -hmm. and consequences for those, but he chose that. And then he dealt with the consequences of summer school And then, you know, he had that time. He probably trusts and feels a lot closer to you because you did listen to him. You know, like, I just think that there's a lot of lessons rolled into that one choice. So that's awesome. Yeah, imagine um, you're 17 years old or 16 or whatever, and you're really having a hard time and it's, you're not getting great grades. You're really feeling down, you're tired and you go to your parents and you're like, I just, I need a break. Who's gonna, like, what are you going to get, right? What is the typical response? Like, well, this is life. Life is hard. Go out there and do. Exactly. They have the whole rest of their life to learn that. I Like right now, I can teach them how to do hard things and that you do have a choice. These are your options. If you miss it. And he's got his phone taken away too, by the way. He didn't have a cell phone the whole time. So it's not as if there weren't consequences. He chose that though. Like these are what's, ha- this will be what happens. If you don't go, I'm going to take your phone. You know, you're going to have to attend summer school. So that's going to be a bummer, right? But then you get to, you choose that. And he did. Right. And so many life lessons, Sherry, I feel like, um, you know, just to kind of piggyback off of what she said, because you're also teaching your son you know, not only compassion for others and understanding how to meet others where they're at, but you're teaching him how to manage him himself yeah. and how to manage his, his, like, you know, this term that I love that you said, how to manage his anxieties, how to manage his stress level. And how many adults do you run into that have no clue how to manage that for themselves? Oh my gosh. Like all or of even them. in just coming to tell you how he feels. So many adults can't do that either. So him being heard 
whether it was what you wanted or society deems acceptable, it doesn't matter. He felt heard. So now he knows that, Hey, whether I'm a boy or whoever, I can talk about my feelings and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about getting in trouble, right? That's the difference. It's like, okay, so tell me what's going on so that I can figure out a helpful, like I can offer you a set of solutions for you to choose from. So he's able to express whatever it is that's going on, you know, identify what's ha what are my options? Because the truth is you always have a choice. Sometimes you have five different shitty choices, right? But you have a choice. So sometimes we, that's like the thing to notice in this scenario for, um, for all of us, right? For him, for me, because I was like, what do I, you know, my kid's not going to school. Like, I'm going to go to jail for truancy or whatever. Like, whatever, right? And so I had choices too, and I handled it that way. But like, that's, the, you always have a choice. They weren't the, they, none of them were what I wanted. But when is it, right? Like, when's the, how often do you get the best option in your set of choices? Oh, right, right. Like, never. So... Right. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the things when we're going back, when we're thinking about, okay, what's my options going back to school, sending my kid back to school, getting a vaccine, wearing a mask, right? Like some of those things. What I, like, what I always try to do is get present in that moment and kind of recognize what's happening right now. Not what might happen in the future, what happened in the past, like what's happening right now. And so in the context of my kid, I'm like, okay, so this might be triggering me because of my old stuff and when I was a kid and what my mom did and how I felt and if I'm a failure and my friends might think and all this, right, is kind of running around. But okay, what's happening right now? My kid is in distress. Okay, that's what's happening right in this second. So I can just be there and then, okay, if my kid's in distress, well, what's he in distress about? What problem are we solving? Then what are our choices? And what are the consequences of those choices? And kind of lay those out. And it's very systematic and structural, but it applies. So if somebody, oh, like, do I get a vaccine? Do I not get a vaccine? Do I tell people I'm vaccinated? Or do I not tell people I'm vaccinated? Do I ask people if they're vaccinated? Or do I not ask people if they're vaccinated? I've been hearing that a lot too. Like, should I, is it okay for me to ask my friend's parents if they have the vaccine before I send my kids over there or whatever, right? right. Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is always, what's, what can you tolerate? And what do you, what's happening for you in that moment? Like, what are you really upset about? Or what are you really struggling with? And those anxieties that you're sort of experiencing, what are those about? Are they about regulating you because you're, you're uneasy about your own fears or are they really about helping the kid or whatever solve that problem um so it's like i think you were saying katie your son had some challenges going back to school right like yeah well and he's little you know so when he went back he had just barely turned seven so he's in the first grade you know and and this is first grade. So, so the pandemic gets to be his experience of what school is like. Yeah. 
sweet, right? And so he, it was really cool because he ended up getting the same teacher in first grade that he had in kindergarten. So when they went back, cause kindergarten was like done, right? In March, they were done, they never went back. And then when he went back like mid fall or something like that, he ended up having the same teacher. So he was really excited about that. And I think that that helped him out because, you know, he's a pretty, you know, I mean, he's a pretty friendly, confident kid. And he was sharing with me, well, mom, well, are all my friends going back? And I said, well, babe, you know, some kids that are, are wanting to go back in person are, and some kids aren't, and they'll, they'll still be on Zoom. But, you know, I'm sure you'll, you'll have some of your friends. Well, will they remember me? And so he was feeling kind of isolated and just unsure of what was going to happen when he got there. Of course, when he got there, he ran into a couple of his buddies and it was like, you know, nothing ever happened and time never passed. Um, but he was, he was feeling some anxiety. He wanted to go and, and I gave him that and, and he's six. Right. And so I gave him that choice. I was like, well, um, you know, if, if you want to stay online, cause he has a hard time online, he's little, he's like, you know, singing and, you know, doing headstands on the chair and it, like not really paying attention. And he didn't like it. And I said, well, you have a choice. You can stay online or you can go back. And yeah, it's going to be, you know, this first day, it's going to be a lot of rediscovery, but I think it'll be okay if that's what you want to do. And uh, having the same teacher really helped him to go back and feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And I love that option. Like, you know, hey, this is, you might kind of feel a little uncomfortable that first mm -hmm. day, but that's what, that's what it's about. That's what that tolerance, that's how we build our tolerance is we can do hard things. And what's the, sometimes we play that all the way out. What's the worst thing that could happen? Like worst case scenario game, your friend doesn't remember you. What would you do if that happened? Well, I guess I would go say hi. And then, and then what, right? Like what, well, and then he might not know who I am. Okay, then what would you do? Well, I would tell him who I am. Okay, great. What do you think would happen after that? Right? Like literally like what is the, how does that go? And kind of like practicing that and, um, you know, in any scenario, play the worst case scenario game. Because I love that game. We can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what I love the most about that game is then you realize, okay, the worst possible outcome is not so scary maybe, yeah. or it's an obstacle we can get over. Yes, that, yes, we can get over it. Like I know that if my, you know, house got broken into and all my things got stolen, that would be the worst, right? I would feel a lot of, th that would be really bad. Would I be okay? Well, yeah. Do I know how to handle that situation? Well, yeah, okay. So would I have distress? Absolutely. That's okay though. Like knowing, just knowing that you can handle the distress. I can tolerate a little bit of distress. I like that because something that's really helped me over the years is allowing myself to feel the feelings. Yes. Oh, huge, right? Like I get the chills up and down my spine. Yeah. Instead of telling myself, oh, well, you shouldn't be mad about that. Why not? Get Don't, don't go abuse other people. Um, but, you know... Right. But go ahead and be mad. Go ahead and scream. Go ahead, throw a fit. Do what you need to do. Feel the feelings. They're there for a reason, right? So like, let's allow ourselves to go through that. I feel like a lot of people shut themselves off from feeling the feelings. And yeah. I mean, you tell me, that's got to do some 
damage up in here. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the dissociation, right? You're teaching yourself how not to feel the feelings is just you're dissociating. So you're not actually experiencing your life. You're not present enough to even encode like a lot of people who like I have places I have spans of my life where I'm like, I don't really remember like that 10 years that I have a 10 year gap. Well, that's probably because I was dissociated and I didn't encode any information. Right. So like I wasn't present enough to notice anything because I was just trying to survive. And so you can do that, you know, but it's only going to get you so far and you're going to miss out on some of the experiences that you want to have and the ability to tolerate difficult things because you're wound up all the time trying to get away from you, trying to avoid what's really going on. So you're doing all this other stuff, like instead of actually just being in it and experiencing it, like, hey, this is gonna be a tough day, that's okay. Or like, this is gonna be a really, I don't know, a really uncomfortable meeting the first day back at work or a really awkward play date because I'm wearing my mask. And so, and everybody else is gonna be like, oh, you don't have to wear your mask, I'm so excited. And I'm gonna be like, I don't care, I wear it anyway. That's probably mm -hmm. gonna make me feel a little uneasy, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And it's gonna be fine, because what's the worst case scenario? What are they gonna make fun of me? Like, okay, <laughs> right? Like I'm an adult, it's fine. Like, I'm fine with that. So you kind of, instead of avoiding all that stuff, you can just be in it and decide and own it and be cool with it. And I love what you said about, look, you're not really living your life. Um, because I feel like in the facing of those feelings and in the digging into, first of all, why am I having them? Why am I angry at that person? Why am I feeling judged? Why am I feeling anxiety? Why am I feeling like this? And the discovery of that, there's a lot of growth and there's just a lot of, it seems like a lot of wasted time trying to escape your feelings and run away from them versus face them, deal with the shit. If they're shit, it might not be, you know, it might just be normal, regular, whatever, um, but then, yeah, I mean, what's quality of life really like if you're constantly avoiding that? Yeah. And it's not, you know, what you said, like you're really sort of not understanding yourself. Right. And then and it's a waste. It's exhausting. It's emotional. It's internally exhausting. I don't think we count the cognitive like the emotional overhead. I call it the emotional overhead that it takes. And the reason why. Well, I'm getting, I have five jobs and I'm, I've got three kids and I'm doing 77 things all the time. Like, but the hours, the math works. I shouldn't be tired. I got six hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep or whatever. The math works. Well, yeah, but you're not factoring in the, the emotional overhead that it takes to avoid all of those feelings that you probably are pushing away because you feel like they're getting in the way of you being successful at doing a hundred million things. Right. I see Sherry's face like you're laughing a little bit when I when I'm saying this because <laughs> relatable. Right. I love you and it makes sense. And I just had an aha moment. I think like, I don't know. I don't know. Emotional overhead. Who has yeah. not come up with that before? You it's need to trademark that, please. I might. I might. I'm thinking about writing a book. Yeah. We're Good. working on it. I also really like the reverse engineering that you were doing before. So when you were like, sitting down was it with max or cohen with max and you were max, like hey yeah. you can do this but it's going to be this this and this so like that's really good skills to teach to your child too but also for adults right if i'm thinking about 
in contemplating, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm a worst case scenario girl through and through. You guys all know this because you all are in my life. And I like to run every single thing through my head, worst case scenario. And so like Katie was saying earlier, it can do a couple things, right? It can tell you like, oh, it's not that bad or I can still get through it. But it can also be like a gift later on if that's not what ends up playing out. And you're like, phew, it's like Christmas. It didn't get that far. So, um, you know, I think that's really well too. But as far as like the anxiety around school, like the normal stuff, right? Like a new school, maybe you're going to high school and you've never been to high school and there's going to be new people or the mask thing. So what's a good way to teach our kids to, to use all of these coping mechanisms that are healthy and not unhealthy? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a good question. And a lot of it is going to depend on the kid, but there's a few, there's a few things that, um, I kind of, give to everybody or like that I would recommend for everybody just the first tries right the one thing is deciding on like what is your best case scenario right like what do you want to have happen and so if I'm you know going to new school for the first time like what do I want it to be like okay so then I kind of have an idea of like this is my goal at least or like this is my center so that I'm not just letting things go and I'm like, I'll decide in the moment, right? So you at least kind of have a a vision, set up a vision, you know? And that would be like, what's the best thing that could happen today? Oh, well, you know, everybody could cheer when I could walk into class or whatever, I don't know. And okay, cool, like that might be fun. Like, so, so how do you think that you would, what do you need, what skills do you need to kind of get through that if it goes a little, goes a little left? Like, do, would you need confidence? Would you need, um, you know, strength? Would you need calm? Would you need whatever? Sometimes if we can decide on those skills and like resource ourselves a little bit internally, like if there's something that we're worried about, you can do kind of the best case scenario. And then also like, what are you worried about a little bit? Like what, what might happen that you're kind of like, eesh, what would be like a little scary? Well, I kind of think this might happen. Okay, so what would you need in order to deal with that? Because it's okay. Like sometimes stuff happens and it's uncomfortable. And if you come home and you're like, this was the worst day ever, like we have space for that too. But when you're in the moment, if you need confidence, if you need this, if you need that, and then kind of what represents that? What reminds you of that? What makes you think of that? And kind of decide on a symbol or a strategy or a um, an idea, like if it's a superhero or you know, a person that you know, um, a character on a show or a book, um, even like a stuffed animal, right? Like if you have like a favorite thing, like, well, this thing, every time I, when I think about this thing, I'm gonna remember to turn on my confidence or to, you know, to recognize that sometimes stuff's hard, but it's only temporary. So just kind of sometimes deciding on a, a little resource beforehand is really helpful. Um, and then, you know, teaching the kids that it's just temporary, like, it's just a bad, like, we're going to have bad experiences in our lives, but we're also going to have really good ones. And the stuff that feels like it's bigger than us and that we just have to run away and like get out of this, we want to just know like, okay, this is awful. Let me just let it go. Like. This is the worst, like, let it just be over soon. You know, you can kind of just like know that, like, this is the worst, but it'll be over. It's 
it's only temporary. I say to my kids all the time, like, it's just temporary. And sometimes if they don't, sometimes you'll get kids who are like, that's not, nope, that's not true. That doesn't sound right. Like, you're full of it. You don't understand. Like, okay. Um, well, let's pretend, right, that you're going to try it. And then, or like offer a different solution. Sometimes I ask them for a solution and they can kind of work through, work through it depending on how old they are. But if they don't believe it, just believe it for them. And then we can talk more about it later, right? Like, okay, well, I hear that. And sometimes I don't believe stuff because I'm so nervous or whatever. Like when we're in it, when we're in anxiety, like anxiety is a liar, man. Like it doesn't, it's a liar. Like, and it doesn't let us believe what's true and like facts. It doesn't let us understand facts. And so if I'm in that, I might not believe what you're saying is true. And so that's okay. I understand. Sometimes I've felt that way before, but I'm going to believe it for us because I know for sure that it's true. So then we'll learn that. You're going to learn that. You haven't learned that yet, but you'll learn that. And then maybe we'll talk more about it later. If you, if I'm wrong, let me know, you know, <laughs> I like this. I like this, um, be, for many reasons. And one reason is because it reminds me of something I heard a while ago and I probably totally screwed this up. So you correct me, but, um, is it, or would you recommend, or is it beneficial to have kind of like, I don't know, like almost like an alter ego or personality, like. Like I really admire Sherry and I love her strength and I love how she handles certain situations. And so if I'm coming into a, and I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling less, not as strong, I just pretend I'm Sherry, you know what I mean? Like, or a wonder woman or, you know, whatever, like whoever that is that you hold in that high regard. Um, is that a thing? Cause I swear I've heard something like that before. Yeah, you can channel the energy, right? But so we do have parts of ourselves. And as kids, when we learn how to kind of separate ourselves from difficult situations and we develop these like, oh, well, I'm this way and I'm this way. But like you can know that you have all of that stuff and it's all still you. And it's not separate from you. It's you. So you're not being Sherry. You're you're accessing the information about that strength. You're accessing that. You're accessing those skills that you have. You're 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 digging into them. You're you're using what you already have and that it looks like and feels like I would imagine, you know, it's that admirable feeling like if if Sherry's somebody that I admire and I'm like what would Sherry do? Like that's okay to do, but knowing that I'm not I'm not Sherry so there's a there's a change that like I'm not I'm still Laura I'm still me I'm just accessing that strength that I see in her that maybe I don't feel like I quite have a handle on so I have to do that on purpose right so I can access that on purpose in a way that is still present with me if that makes sense it does and is this something that you know. So what we've been experiencing, what I've been seeing a lot over the last couple of months and, you know, within mom nation, of course, you know, it's 10 states. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of activity is, you know, the moms are having a hard time. Also a lot of moms returning back to normal settings. Um, you know, maybe they don't want to go to your barbecue you invited them to because it's pool party and, you know, they put on an extra 30, 50 pounds over for the, through the pandemic. Um, you know, the, so would you suggest 
a mom that's feeling that, that's feeling like, well, hey, you know, I'm going to go to the splash pad and I'm going to probably be the only one with my mask on. Would you suggest kind of them feeling like Sherry? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, building in, that's that resource, right? Like, so I would say to you, like, let's say we're having that conversation. Like I've I'd probably put on a COVID-19, if you will. And so I, that's not exciting for me, but I'm going on vacation and I got to figure it out. So I'm going to buy a one piece bathing suit and I'm going to, you know, feel good about that instead of wearing my normal two piece, right? So I'm going to make some adjustments to make myself feel good. And so what resource would I need in order to be successful in that situation, right? So I would ask myself, okay, what resource do I need? What do I need in order to know that I'm just going to have a good time and I'm going to go to the splash pad with my kid and I'm going to wear my mask even if nobody else is wearing it? What do I need in order to feel comfortable in that environment? Maybe I need to channel you know, these kids who none of them care. They don't care, like these fours and five-year-olds, they they don't give a shit, they're just running around, like, you know, this is great. So maybe I need to be a little bit more like that, right? Maybe I need to remember and access, you know, my ability to let go and not worry about judgment. Like, okay, so I'm gonna just, what does that look like to me? And I can like imagine like playing and running around with my kid. Okay, like, what does that feel like? Well, that feels like, who cares if somebody doesn't like that I'm wearing a mask? Well, I'm judging them for not wearing one if I'm a wearer and you're not a wearer. And if I'm not a wearer and you're a wearer, like, well, I'm not wearing a mask. Is anybody going to judge me? Right? Like, we all are saying that we, you know, whatever is the opposite, you're thinking about that too, right? So if I'm not wearing my mask, because I'm just like, it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm just, I don't feel like I have breathing issues, whatever. And I don't want to wear a mask. But everybody's going to wear one. Are they going to judge me? Well, maybe, but so do like, that's my, my guess. My answer for like the judgment is like, so then what? Like, and so for me, I have to do that too. I'll, Cause I get self-conscious and nervous and I'm awkward and uncomfortable all the time. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I go into a situation and I am who I am and there's other people there who don't like that, well, we're all adults and most of the time they're not gonna say anything. Like the majority of the time, you're not even gonna know that, right? So I'm just not gonna read their minds and then I'll be fine, turns out. Or I can just know that, yeah, they're gonna think what they wanna think about me, but that's not really about me, is it? I I think we forget a lot of times pleasing and making ourselves happy is the most important. And so who cares what other people think? Like that's their prerogative and that's what they're doing to make themselves happy. And we're doing the same thing. So. Yeah. We're all trying to regulate our own distress. So like my anger with you for not wearing or wearing a mask, whichever side I land on is really about me. It's not about you. It's I'm trying to regulate my own distress. And so I want you to do the same thing as me in order to make me feel more comfortable. And we're doing that all the time. So whenever we um, we do this with our kids, we do this with our partners, we do this interacting with the world, we're all just trying to regulate our own distress. So like anxiety and urgency and all of this stuff that makes us feel like we have to do something right now to fix it. That's just our own, our own discomfort. 
So when you lean into that discomfort and you're like, huh, I can deal, I can tolerate this. Like this is uncomfortable, but I can tolerate it. Then you get a little bit less fixy and you can just be. It's not problems to solve most of the time. I think that's great advice. Um, what about the people who have genuine fear? I think that's a little bit harder to overcome. You know, you believe you're going to get sick and you yeah. may die if you, you know, go attend that, that barbecue or, you know, go let your kids have a play date. That fear I think has really, it's just shocked all of us. You know, it's, you see it and I see it, you know, and other people who won't come around or won't let my kids come over and, and play with them the fear is real. And how do you overcome that? Because I think that fear is okay. You know, it keeps us safe, but then it also gets to an irrational level that it's hard to come back down to a normal, you know, like it's normal to go to the grocery store again and, and, you know, start living life again. So how do you get through that? Yeah, no, I think that's a good question because some of the, some of the time our anxiety that is stoked, right, kind of leads to sometimes that fear or we might have an experience in our lives where we genuinely are have experienced this at some level before and we're really afraid of that happening again, you know, whatever it is that is driving that um I think for people who are afraid, what can we do? We can do I can wash my hands, I can bring, you know, antibacterial, I can wear my mask, I can make sure others are wearing their mask. I can ask people like, hey, I really want to spend time with you. I've been vaccinated because I'm scared. Have you been vaccinated? What kind of precautions are you taking? Like, it's reasonable to ask these kinds of questions. Ask for what you need. Take care of yourself first, right? Like, put on your oxygen mask first and then take care of others. So, when you're afraid, if you have, let's say you're one of your family members has, you know, a condition and you're immunocompromised or something like that, and you really need to take precautions, take those precautions. And even if you don't have any of those scenarios and you still feel the need to take precautions, take the, you don't have to justify your own fear. You don't have to justify your need to be safe and protect yourself and your kids. Those are your choices too. And if people are, you know, react badly to that. I think the biggest, the most, most of the time, the people that react badly are, are families, right? Um, and so that's a tough one because family dynamics play a big part in that and, and the roles, right, in our histories. But to just be get, getting present in that moment and making a decision based on what you, what the facts you know, right? So you have to have, you have to have facts, you have to have information that is reliable and then you have to have um a set of choices that you're willing to make i can make this choice and this makes me feel safe and comfortable and i'll catch you guys next year or whatever that might look like for you i think not avoiding the fear or not pretending like it's not there it's okay i wear my mask I'm, i've been fully vaccinated since january my kids are my kids and my we're whole all of our family is vaccinated. I will not go into a store without a mask on because that's where I'm at. It makes me feel more comfortable. And so people are like, oh, you don't have to. I, we go into the office sometimes at, for my job and um, I meet with other people. And they're like, oh, you don't have to wear your mask. I'm like, oh, that's OK. Thanks. I know. But I'm going to wear it because that's what I feel good about. I'm going to wear it and I want to. And so there's 
that's okay. And everybody's different. And so I've got to take care of myself first though. Otherwise, I'm not going to be present. I'm not going to be living my life. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be in my window. I got to keep, I'm not going to sacrifice my window of tolerance for somebody else because I know that this is what I need to do the right thing for my family. Because you're not wrong, right? That's, you're not wrong. If you feel like something is right for you and your family, you're not wrong. Don't let the world tell you you are. Right. I, I love this so much. And going back to, you know, when in the beginning of the episode, when we were talking about, you know, do I, as a mom, do I ask, you know, my kid's friend's mom, if they've been vaccinated in order to allow play dates or whatever, if that's where you're at and you don't do that and you just kind of lay down and just do what you think everybody wants you to do, you're going to be fighting a huge battle right? I mean, you're going to probably be angry, hold resentment toward that person where they don't deserve that because you actually weren't communicative and you didn't do the thing that you were worried about. And you just kind of laid down and, and, you know, did what you thought the world wanted you to do. And so I feel like that's again, escaping emotions. That's again, um, you know, not just being true to yourself and where's life at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I love that you brought up those, that there's real fears about danger right now. And we're always going to have like pandemic or not, there's a lot of things in the world that are dangerous. (laughs) We can prepare ourselves the best we can and then be relaxed and ready. But if we're afraid and we're not prepared and we're pushing that down and telling ourselves that we're wrong all the time, We're not relaxed and ready. So we're actually less prepared. We're less likely to be successful in an emergency. But if we're aware and honest and present and who we actually are and taking and putting on our oxygen mask first and taking care of ourselves first, then we can access those resources that we talked about. We can access that confidence. We can access that strength. We can access those things to get our, get ourselves through the emotional distress mm-hmm. when we're not distracted by the fact that our emotional distress is the thing that feels like an emergency. Right. Right. I'm going to go out on a limb here real quick. Tell me, doc. <laughs> she giggles when I call her that. I know, I know. <laughs> but if you're having anxiety, stress, constantly putting yourself in that spot because you just want to do what you think the world need you to do and you're not really being true to you are you reducing your physical immunity does the one thing have something to do with the other are you then making yourself more susceptible to perhaps the things that you fear i don't know no i don't so i can't scientifically tell you the answer i think there's studies that are that do talk about that stress and um the way our stress management and whether or not we're um you know grounded and calm that can impact our physical ability to really be successful right as humans and so when we're stressed stress and anxiety have a real impact on our bodies like that's just true and so when it comes to immunity there is studies to show that when it comes to but when it comes to even just physical safety when we're in survival mode, when we're in this danger zone 
feeling like everything's you know panicky all the time we're not our brain is not capable of accessing all of our resources and all of our experiences and all of our knowledge so our cortex is offline right and so what that means is our decisions are not being made by our logic and our frontal cortex and our and our ability to make you know executive functioning that that's turned off we're we're using our survival lizard brain and that really only has a few options which is fight flight freeze right social engagement um oh and submit give up so, so that what you're saying is it's cobwebs in our tool belt right like it's blocking yeah. us yeah that's what i'm saying and so in that context we're not able to really know what the right thing to do we're not able, we don't have those choices we're taking away our own choices because we're just default we're reacting because our brains our bodies think that they need to move on without us <laughs> they need to survive without us and so we're taking our ability to choose so yeah I saw this saying on TikTok because TikTok is, you know, very educational and everything. Um, it was specific to empaths, but I think it goes for anybody, right? Like, so they said an empath without boundaries is just placing themselves into self-destruction. So if we relate that to ourselves or to our kids, if we are more worried about people pleasing and doing what others want or what we think they want because we're trying to mind read versus trying to make ourselves happy, then that does more stress and damage to ourselves, to our inner selves. Yeah, we're taking on the responsibility of somebody else's experience. Like I can't control your feelings nor should the nor is that my job, right? And so as kids, our kids are sort of designed to control our affect as parents, right? So kids spend their whole lives just trying to navigate their parents' affect and trying to control their parents' affect because their parents need to feed them and be like, that's how they live. That's, that's straight up human survival is people need to take care of me. So I need to make them happy. So the error there as they get older is that, that, that's, the functional thinking there is that I can actually change people's behavior by being a different way. And that is not true. That's a lie, ladies. That is a lie. We cannot change people's behavior by being a certain way. We can't make them nice to us and we can't make them mean to us. So that's huge we, right there. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. We can't make people do things in a way that would be inconsistent with their character. And so if their character is bad, that's their stuff. That that would have happened with or without me. And so as kids, our kids are trying to control everybody else's behavior by being a different way around whoever, right? And so they've got to learn how to be themselves and know that that's okay. And that these other people are going to do them just like they're going to do what they need. And that it's not their responsibility to make us feel better. Like I tell I think my that is that all the time. That's giant. That's a giant. It's not my responsibility to make somebody else feel better. It's not. Freaking point blank. Right. How right. relieving is that? Like everybody just went, yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Huge, Laura. We could be on this conversation, I think, forever and a day. I always love talking with you. You are such a fountain of knowledge, inspiration, <laughs> and all. And, and like your delivery is so great because you're just like normal person like us. You know what I mean? And so it's really easy to talk to you. And I'm sure your clients feel the very same way. I mean, I know some of your clients, so I know they feel the very same way. So thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. We love having you back. So hopefully you'll come back to us again. Thank you. I love it here. And you're so sweet. And yeah, I have all the problems too. That's, I practice, <laughs> right? So I practice at home and then I can tell you guys about it. So that's, yeah, that's how that works. I love it. Real life lessons here, folks. <laughs> awesome. So if anybody in our audience would like to get in touch with you first, let me, let me ask this question. Are you, are you doing virtual? So if we had somebody across the country, could they connect with you? So I am virtual. It depends on your state. The, um, but if you are in a different state and we can talk about that, I just have to look up the board rules and all that stuff. Um, so gotcha. I'm a licensed counselor in Arizona. Right. And so certain states will allow, though, telehealth across state bounds. So that's cool. So you can, you know, we can talk more about that if that's something you're interested in. Um, but yeah, I do virtual. And then my office is starting July 1st. My office will be in Chandler. Um, I'm moving. So, um, so yeah, so I'll be in Chandler starting July 1st. Awesome. We'll have to go check out the new office. Yes, I'll do a, tour, a virtual tour. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Laura and everybody out there. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, please follow us at Mom Nation USA. So we have the same handle across all platforms. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Thanks, Sherry, for that. Um, <laughs> we all know I'm not an Instagrammer. It's all Sherry, you guys. Um, but go ahead and give us a follow, shoot us a message, let us know why you would love to be on the show, and we will talk with you about that. Please also, while you're out there listening, and we really appreciate that, please subscribe, download, and rate us on your most favorite podcast platform because that helps us get this information out to the mamas that need it. So thank you again, beautiful ladies. It was awesome spending a little bit of time with you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Moms with aspirations. Moms are inspirations. Moms in circulations. Moms at their workstations. Bump, 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 bump. They make a nation. Bump, this is a mom nation.